Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Some of you know this, but probably a lot of you don't. I have a dog at home, a relatively cute dog, but she's 10 years old now. A big black lab, and her name is Bauer. All right? And for those of you who are hockey families or hockey fans, she is not named after hockey equipment. All right, let me just be clear. She is named after a mid-2000 decade TV character from the hit TV show 24, Jack Bauer. All right, so I don't know if any of you ever watched this show. It was released first, the first season in 2001. Uh, And if you never saw the television show, I'm sure you've seen a show just like it or read a book with a similar plot line. Uh, The main character in this show, his name is Jack Bauer. He's the terrorist fighting government secret agent who will stop at nothing to save the people. He fights against bureaucracy, doesn't let them get in the way as he goes on his vendetta to save the people and defeat the terrorists, right? You kind of, you know the story. But uh, my wife and I, before we were even married, when we were dating and engaged and first married, all before children in our lives, we were hooked on this show. And that show uh, kind of took us through that season of life. And we, uh, we decided before we were ever married even that at some point when we were married, we'd like to get a dog. And whatever kind of dog that would be, whether it was male or female, the dog's name would be Bauer. All right? So that's why we have a girl or a female black lab by the name of Bauer, not because of the hockey equipment. Why do I share all of this with you today? Because in that uh, TV show, 24, Jack Bauer, one of his most famous lines that he said over and over again was this phrase, I give you my word. I give you my word. I give you my word. And as the television show progressed season by season, you knew that this was sort of a, a code for, whoa, Now he's got to follow through on that, okay? And so he'd have to put himself sometimes in compromising situations in order to do everything to keep his word. I give you my word. Maybe you've said this phrase in your life. Maybe you've said, boss, I give you my word. I'll do anything that you ask. Mom, I give you my word. I'll get all my homework done before I go to bed. (laughs) Honey, I give, you, I give you my word. I will get all the dishes done tonight by myself. <laughs> I give you my word. I give you my words. You know, when we say that, I, I think ideally we want people to know that we're making a commitment, a promise that we're going to do everything we can to follow through on that. We want to be good for our word. We want our word to be trusted. However, I think we live in a world where people's words often are not trusted. Being even, for example, that this is an election, political season in our country, we have a lot of words being stated, a lot of words being promised, a lot of people saying, I give you my word, essentially. However, most of us that are adults have been around long enough to see plenty of people not follow through on their word, and we've gotten burned by that enough times that I think instead of our default response being to trust people's word, I think for a lot of us our default response is doubting people's words and first being skeptical before we trust. 
And so therefore, a lot of people, when they hear that God has a truthful word, oftentimes, especially in our culture, their default response is first to be skeptical about it instead of to trust it. But I'm here to tell you that God is different. God is different. His word is good. And when he says, I give you my word, he always follows through on his word. And he will stop at nothing to carry it out, even if it means sacrificing himself. Today, in the Gospel of John, in the very first five verses, we're going to, we, we learn all about how God brings his word into this world and the effects that it has on us. And so this is where we're going to spend our time today. As we enter into the season of Lent, I told you during the announcements, but we're focusing on the Gospel of John. And if you brought one of these journaling Bibles with you, now's a great time to take it out as I'll be pointing out some things that you may want to highlight. But what we're going to see today at the beginning of John's gospel is that God is saying essentially to us, I give you my word. But even in a greater way than just simply speaking, he gives his word to us in flesh and blood. All right. Here is the very first verse of John's gospel. Again, if you've got it, you can take it up. I'll put it up on the screen. John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see how the, the word, Word, is capitalized? Because here what we're talking about is God Himself. God's Word Himself. We also read today, Holly, Holly did a great job taking us all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible. Because John's gospel begins with words that reflect the beginning of the Bible. How did the Bible begin? Genesis 1-1 says this, In the beginning, God created. Right? In the beginning, God created. So John says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He's reflecting back to Genesis 1-1, which says, in the beginning, God created created. And so, as the Genesis lesson unfolded, how did God create? How did God create? Genesis 1-3 said, God said, right? So how did God bring everything into existence? With his word. He spoke it into existence. God's word brought everything into existence. And as Holly read, what did God create very, at, at the very beginning? What was the first thing he created? God said, let there be, what Holly? You can say it. Light, right? God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said it. He spoke it. His word brought light. And as the days of creation unfolded, not only did his word speak light into existence, but his word spoke life into existence. So where God's word is, is the creative authority to bring light and to bring life into existence. And so this is how God does it. And what we see at the beginning of John is this is exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is this word of God, this eternal word of God, this creating authority word of God. 
And God is saying here, I give you my word. The word which was there at the beginning, the word which spoke all life and light into existence, that word of God came into flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Again, if you've got this with you, uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, we didn't read this today, but John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you were here in September, uh, we had our rally day service and maybe you remember this, maybe some, some of you have just joined our con- congregation in the last couple of months, but in September we do one combined outdoor service, we call it rally day. And so this last rally day in September, you might remember, I, I preached on this word, John 1.14. Anybody remember what I set up outside? I set up a, a tent. And we had a tent set up outside because the Greek word here for dwelt, that the word of God dwelt among us, literally could be translated He set up a tent among us. And I said to you, do you know this? That in Jesus Christ, God, God came and he made his dwelling among us. He said, I want to move into your life. I'm coming into this world. I shared an alternate translation of this passage on that day as well, which in a modern translation you could say, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, right? This God that is eternal, his creative word that brings light and life came and took on flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is that word of God made flesh. And what do you do with words? Words are generally spoken, lived out, demonstrated, right? So they're spoken, and, and as the gospel of John unfolds, we'll watch as this word of God gets to work through the life of Jesus and the lives of other people. But there's one verse that demonstrates this quite well. Uh, it's John chapter 1, verse 23, where we meet John the Baptist. And by the way, John the Baptist is a different John than the John who wrote this book, all right? I know that can get a little confusing, but John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus as a prophet. Uh, John, who wrote this, uh, came as a disciple of Jesus. All right, so they're different characters. But with John the Baptist, he had been baptizing and preparing the way for Jesus. And so some religious leaders came and they said, who are you? Who are you? And John was adamantly saying, I'm not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. I am not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. In uh, chapter 1, verse 23, he says, quoting Isaiah, he said, I am the voice. I am the voice. I'm the voice. Okay? I'm the voice. Uh, Interestingly enough, the Greek word here for voice is the word uh, phone. Okay? If, if you were going to transliterate the Greek word into English for voice, you would spell it like this, phone. So the English word for phone goes all the way back to this Greek word. Okay? Uh, but in, in Greek, you'd actually pronounce it phone, phone, not like, not phony, like fake, uh, phone, like, uh, like the way a youper would say it, like call me on the phone, eh? Right? Like that. So um, phone, so 
so here, here we have John adamantly saying, I am not the word. I'm the, I'm the, the phone. I'm the one, I'm the, I'm the conduit for the word to travel through me to you into this world. Cool, huh? In some ways, that's kind of how well, we're supposed to be as well. Like the, the phone, eh? The, the conduit, the, 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 the one through whom the word of God is spoken into this world. We are one of the means by which God speaks his truth and his word into this world. So here, in Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh. We have this fullness of God's word, his, his eternal promises coming and being present here. I, I pray that you see the, the power of who Jesus is. So many people in our culture think that Jesus is just a nice historical figure who had some good teachings and some good moral thoughts to give to us and maybe an example to be followed after. <laughs> Jesus is, is the word of God, that word which spoke and said, let there be light and there was light. That creative authority power that brings light into the world is right here in the flesh of Jesus Christ. And when that fullness of the word of God steps into the world, what does the word bring with it? What does the word bring when the word comes into the world? Well, that's what the whole gospel of John is about. And so I'm going to save some of this over the next five weeks. Our, our, our theme throughout Lent is Jesus is fill in the blank. And so today it's Jesus is the word. And so each week we're going to fill in that blank with something that the word of God brings into the world. But today, let me just share two things with you, two simple things that we read in, in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. When the Word of God comes into this world, wherever the Word of God is, two things are. There is life and there is light. See? There is life and there is light. Where the Word of God is, there is life and there is light. Let me, let me just share briefly about each of these. So we have the Word of God being life. And how is this so? I already said it. We go back to Genesis, uh, you know, 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3, so on and so forth. The Word of God brings life. Where the Word of God is, is life. So when Jesus steps into the world as the Word of God made flesh, he brings with him all that creative, life-giving authority that only God has. And how do we see him demonstrate this? Well, he's working constantly to bring the fullness of his creative authority into people's lives. And so how does he do it? Uh, he heals the sick. He fixes the broken. He raises the dead. He calms the storms. All of these things that, that seem to be uh, representative of death and, and, and chaos, Jesus brings life and the fullness of life. And as this story unfolds, when we get to John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus will state the fact that he is even willing to give up his life so that we can have life and have it to the full. This is why we state so boldly here at our church that we are alive in Christ. Alive in Christ because Jesus came as the word of God, that creative life, and his word is here among us. The Word of God is life, and second of all, the Word of God is light. The Word of God is light. And this theme is so prevalent in the Gospel of John, and not just in John, but in 
all of the Bible, and it's a relatively simple image. We understand how this works as people who live in literal light and darkness and deal with it all the time. But in biblical terms, if you don't know, wherever light is, is representative of God's presence and his goodness. Wherever darkness is, is representative of sin, death, and the devil. I mean, our popular culture even understands this imagery, right? Star Wars has made it uh, very famous, right? He went to the dark side, right? And Darth Vader wears what color? Black, right? It's very evident, right? We understand how all this works. But I love what John says about the light. What does he say? Chapter 1, verse 5, he says this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Isn't this true about the light? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. When you step into a dark room and you turn on the light switch, what happens? The light comes on and the darkness flees, right? I did it multiple times in multiple rooms in my house and in this church this morning. You turn on the light, there's light. And the darkness has to go away. It's, it's what light does. It forces out the darkness. This is what happens with the light. So it is wherever the word of God is. Therefore, so it is with Jesus. Where Jesus is, there is light. And the darkness cannot overcome the light of the world who has come into this world for you. For you. And so, my friends, I pray that you know that this word of God made flesh in Jesus Christ is with you. The whole creative authority authority of God's word is present in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. So where the word of God is in your life, there is life. So I pray that you have a vibrancy of your life despite the situations that you face because Jesus is present with you. And where Jesus is, there is light. And so I pray that whatever darkness you face this day, that the light of the world would break into your darkness and that that darkness would flee at the name of Jesus Christ. See, at the end of the day, Jesus is always with you. This was his promise, right? And, and so where Jesus is, there is life and there is light and he has given you his word. He's given you his word that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I give you my word, God says. I give you my word. I give you my word that I will always be with you, that I will always love you, that I will always forgive you. I give you my word. I give you my word that no darkness, no death, no illness will overcome you. I give you my word, God says to you. I give you my word. Here he is. His name is Jesus. He's for you. He's with you now and to the life everlasting. I give you my word. Ultimately, you can take God at his word. I, I pray you know this. You can take him at his word. And frankly, you can take his word with you. So, we encourage you to get into his word. Take it with you. Read it. Watch it. Journal it. Study it. That's what we're doing this Lent. I pray that you come along for this journey. Because as this word of God enters your life, you'll be transformed. I know that you will. So take the word of God with you, and this word, again, is not only for you. The word of God is not only given to you, but it's also given through you. 
so that you'd be the phone, eh? <laughs> into this world, so that the word of God would be lived out in your life, that people would see through you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that they too would believe in him and have life in his name. It's why John wrote these words, so that they would see and believe and have life in the name of Jesus Christ. So go, live in his name, shine his light in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.